Hello, I'm Mark McCurgo and welcome to the Village in the City podcast, helping you build micro-local community where you live. Welcome to this seventh podcast in the Village in the City series, and today we're talking to Jenny Bimpson, who's volunteer manager at the Chatty Cafe Scheme, and you can find out all about them at their website, thechattycafescheme.co.uk. Jenny talks about how the scheme came into being, how it works, how tables are made available in cafes for people who want to have a chat. And on the call, we also talk to other people from around the world who share their experiences of similar things in park benches and other settings. The call was recorded in January 2021. Jenny, do you want to tell us a little bit about how Chatty Cafe started and, and, and how it got underway? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it was my sister, Alex. Um, she just had a baby and she was in the local cafe and supermarket in our town. And she was sat at a table with the baby in the car seat. And she just thought she was sat there on her own, a bit fed up with a cup of tea. And when she looked around the cafe, she saw other people that looked like they felt like she did. So there was um, an elderly gentleman um, sat a bit sad on his own and there was an elderly lady on her own there was a carer and who she cared for on their own and they looked like they'd run out of conversation and she just thought what a shame we're not all sat at the same table having a chat and she kind of mulled this over for about a year and didn't really do anything with it and then family all said to her you know give it a go so she printed off some posters and went to a few cafes in our town and said would you think of having a table in your cafe that would have a sign on it that would say if you want to talk to other customers sit here and they all jumped on board and she was quite shocked really um so that was 2017 and we now have over 1400 venues across the UK Australia um we've got some in Poland and Canada and Gibraltar and it's still growing so um you know, it's a really simple, simple idea. Um, a venue will pay to join and we send them a pack so that they can then put a poster up and put the table stand on the table and window sticker. And people are getting used to the fact that when they go into a cafe, they see that table. If they feel like having a chat in that moment, they can go and sit there. If they don't feel like it, they don't sit there, you know. And we say stay five minutes or stay longer. Um, it's not about lifelong friendship. It's not about swapping numbers. It's just about having a chat in that moment over a cup of tea. Right. So the idea is that there's a chatty cafe. If a cafe signs up, there's always it's a kind of thing. It's always there. It's not at a certain time of day or well, a day we, of the week. How does that work? We, yeah, it's it's completely up to the venue when they want to have their chatter and natter table available. Some venues have it available all day every day. Others maybe not on a Saturday because they're really busy, or um, they might have it every morning. It's completely up to them. And and what do you find? Is there a kind of common way of doing it, or? Um, the majority have it available all the time, to be honest, when we've, when we've, you know, we've spoken to them. Um, people do say that when they first go in and they see that sign on the table, they're a bit reticent about it. A bit, mm, what's that? And nobody wants to be the first person to sit there. But in venues where it's more established, and especially if the staff understand the concept, you know, people go, what's that? Well, if you want to talk to somebody else, sit there. Really simple. It does really well, and people tend to always sit at that table then. But it's just, it's you know, and that is why we were taking on lots of volunteers to go and sit at those tables to help get the conversation going. Because one thing we have found is that depends how confident you are, but a lot of people don't want to be the first person to sit there, do they? I think we can all understand that. 
Absolutely, that's really interesting. So, so the volunteers. Does the cafe find the volunteers? Do you? No, no, we do it. We've already taken. I think. Oh, we've got about 140 on board now, um, and what they're doing for us at the moment, because obviously COVID happened and all our venues shut in the UK, and it was, how on earth do we reach those people experiencing loneliness and social isolation now with all these venues closed? So we then um, started up um, offering one-to-one calls. That's a weekly call to someone experiencing loneliness. And we took on volunteers to make those calls. We received the referrals from social prescribers across the UK. So somebody goes to the doctors, they say, I'm feeling lonely. The doctor doesn't want to go down the medication route. They speak to the social prescriber, what's in the community? What can we offer this person? And they then send a referral form to us and we get a volunteer to call them every week at the same time so that person's got that routine and that structure to their week but those volunteers making those calls we're hoping when venues do reopen we'll direct them to their local cafes to go and sit at the table that's the plan you mentioned there obviously that the 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 lockdowns that we're all in around the world are having an effect on this uh well how have you been sort of keeping keeping going and uh keeping the idea alive through that Sim- simply these one-to-one calls. I mean, when we first thought of doing them, um, that was last March, I took on the first 13 people. I just don't know how many we thought we were going to get. We're now in the hundreds of referrals. Um, but we then, from the 13 that I spoke to from all across the UK, and I rang them every week for eight months until I needed to be doing full-time helping the volunteers, um, a lot of these people get referred they were experiencing loneliness prior to COVID and they still will be after it. They're housebound for medical reasons and they haven't got access to technology, so they can't come on. We do virtual chatty cafes on Zoom three times a week, but they can't access those. These people will still want these one-to-one weekly calls way beyond COVID. And that's why we're, you know, we've applied for funding. We've had some throws to continue them as long as we can. And Jenny's written in the in the chat box that this is a wonderfully British idea for a particularly British dilemma about introducing oneself to strangers. And I've got, I, I can connect to that. But I'm wondering what your experience is. Is it a British thing or what you because you have an hour quite an international dimension to this movement as well? Yeah, I mean, we were just um, we'd only just gone into Poland when COVID happened, as um, Richard will testify. Um, we we've just gone into Australia just at the beginning of lockdown um, and they've had it very bad over there, as you know. Um, So it's all a bit difficult to work out. But for instance, in Australia, whereas in England we have a chatter and natter table because the word natter is very well known, but it means nothing in Australia. They're calling it a have a chat table. So it's still part of the chatty cafe, but we realise and you know, different things mean different things in different countries. So we, you know, we're very prepared to change it slightly so people understand it. Do you find? And do you find? Well, so, what's the experience of the cafes who 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 join the scheme? I mean, obviously, they, it must be worth it in some 
regard to them? What, 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 why do they, what do they get out of it, do you think? Well, some join because, you know, maybe there's a big incentive and in, a big push in the area where they, they are, their town, to help loneliness and social isolation. So they join because of that. Um, others join word of mouth, it's been recommended. But what they do tell us when we've conducted impact reports is that people tend to stay at the table longer because they've got somebody to talk to. They might buy an extra coffee because they're chatting. They might buy a cake. So it can help increase footfall at the venue. You know, a lot of our cafes, certainly on the high street in the UK, are struggling. So, it, you know, they said it did help that. Um, some people, venues would say they designated one table, but there were so many people around it, they had to knock two together. And, and it stopped so many tables only having one person sat at them which was better for the cafe so yeah there, there was there was a financial um incentive for the cafes that when alex dreamt this up was never in her head you know it wasn't about that it was about just connecting people you can see how you know in a way it's an attraction for people both to come to the cafe and potentially stay longer so and that i guess helps with spreading it because if there's something in it for the cafe even a small thing yeah that, that's going to be a help yeah, I mean, we've all been to cafes as well and everyone's on the laptops and phones, aren't they? I mean, we all do it. <laughs> but if you're someone who hasn't spoken to anyone for a few days, you know, that can be quite disheartening. Sometimes you just want a simple chat, even if it's only about the weather. A quick reminder that you're listening to the Village in the City podcast, helping you build micro-local community where you live. You can find all kinds of resources, uh, connections, support and ideas about building your own neighbourhood community at our website, villageinthecity.net, villageinthecity.net, where you can also join our online community. We opened up the call to questions at this stage and first up was Randy Bretz from Lincoln, Nebraska in the USA, one of our regular contributors. Jenny, your story reminds me, uh, and this goes back quite a few years, I was in San Francisco on business and uh, not knowing how to navigate the town very well, I arrived at uh, where, I, where I had an appointment awfully early, about an hour early. And I thought, well, I can either sit here in my car, this was before I had cell phones and, and uh, technology, I could sit here in my car or I look for a place I can go inside and I, I drove around and I found a little uh, neighborhood restaurant and I went in and sat down and sat at a table by myself drinking a cup of coffee and I don't know, probably was reading or something. And I noticed a couple in the middle of the restaurant sitting across from each other. They both had newspapers held up like today they would be on laptops or, 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 or mobile phones, but they both had the newspaper. But as people came into the restaurant, this was early in the morning, it was still dark outside. Uh, they would drop their papers and they would chat with the folks and then they would sit down nearby. And before long, that part of the restaurant was full of local people talking. There was a fellow that brought his, and I was listening in on all these conversations. There was a fellow that brought his daughter in and uh, she was going off to school that day and, uh, or, you know, later that morning. And so this was their time together. There was another fellow that, you know, worked nearby but lived somewhere else in San Francisco and he sat down and talked and I wrote a story about it. I'll, I'll uh, share it uh, a little later, but uh, it was a fascinating experience. And, and one more quick thing, uh, I live in Nebraska, which is uh, very uh, 
for the most part, very rural state. And you go in any small town, almost any small town across our state, and there is a large table, larger than most of the rest of the tables, and it's where the locals sit down uh, when they go in, so they don't they don't want to sit by themselves. Well, and that's uh, that's, that's very we don't common have that in the UK. We 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 wouldn't have that. That's really, really? That, that's just a natural thing there, isn't it? Obviously. Yeah. So almost any restaurant you go in, uh, early in the morning especially, there will be people there yeah. uh, sitting over coffee, having a, maybe a, a bite of breakfast and, and talking. So it's kind of a common thing. And yeah. Richard tells me he's going to come out and, ex and experience this himself. I'm going yes. to put him in a car and I'm going to point him to three or four small towns in Nebraska and say, just go sit there and see what happens. <laughs> yes, I think it's fascinating because the, the, it's one of those things, particularly the British, I think, talking to other people that you need a scaffolding to help you to do it. And that's why this, there was an excellent book called uh, Watching the English by Kate Fox. And she's an anthropologist who examine the English rather than natives in mud hut somewhere. And she <laughs> correctly worked out that we always ask about the weather because it's a safe question. Oh, yeah, well, when you we ask, do when too. You say, when you say, oh, it's a lovely day, isn't it? It's really, you're saying, will you talk to me? Yeah. Um, because any response to that is okay, mm. including no, no response. Um, That's true here in the, in, the, in, the, in the United States as well. Yeah, maybe I'll just jump in, Jenny, and say that, you know, I was quite instrumental in trying to approach cafes here in Krakow in Poland to get this going. And the cafe manager was sort of, yeah, you can try it if you like, but they weren't so they weren't so engaged. And one of them put the sign away after a while. And I had a feeling that you know, if you're if you're trying to get it going, it might be a very good idea to sort of maybe just go for a particular time slot. And, you know, suppose anyone on this call is trying to make the cafe into a local sort of community centre, as it were, then maybe say, well, we'll do it on Wednesday, Wednesday mornings, like in the TV series Fleabag or something. So I'll be there just to sort of try and get it going. And I don't know whether you've ever, because I, I feel like getting it started is a bit hard. Once it's up and running, it's fine. But getting it started was was quite tricky. And do you have any ideas or suggestions based on a sort of wider experience of the best way to get them started? Well, I mean, we did we did look at um, creating Chatty Wednesdays and then we looked at creating Chatty Mondays because a lot of people have been alone all weekend and would want somewhere to go. And we thought, well, if we just said to venues, you know, you can have it whenever you want, but could you commit to this particular day and time so people know it is always on then? It's not that simple. A lot of cafes shut on a Monday in the UK, but also a lot of cafes close on a Tuesday in the UK. They don't close on a Monday, we discovered. Mm -hmm. And we're not just for cafes, we're, we're for all venues. We've got pubs that have joined, community centres, um, libraries. So their hours are very different as well. So we, we, we did struggle with that. Um, and we just find that if the people that work in the venue are behind it, like you said about that cafe, you said the manager didn't, doesn't sound that positive about it or instantly didn't think it would work. It tends not to. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, um, I mean, Costa Coffee, um, as you know, Richard, um, got behind us very early on and it's in 440 of their stores in the UK. And it's just going into Waterstones, Max and Spencer's, Waitrose cafes. They're all partners that work there. So it does fantastic there because everyone working in the cafe is behind it. And that just makes a huge difference. 
So, and how did that happen? Was that because it's part of the? So that's a a big national chain, right? And I was, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought you were going to say, you know, because it was a chain, they weren't so engaged. But was that part of their staff training, or so did they sort of? Yeah, like... Just that. Um, I think the demographic that go to that particular store um, is good for. Um, you know the chatty cafe a lot of people who who live alone and go out to go shopping but then want to go for a coffee but then do want to have a chat um so so yeah you know it, it does and they've all approached us all those you know those big multinationals um they, they've come to us wanting to join the scheme but then covid happened so we went, we've halted yet again yeah. <laughs> Uh, so how widespread is it in the UK? Uh, can you say how many there are? How many? About 1,400 across the UK. Um, obviously, during COVID, we, we were having probably between about 80 venues a month join up pre-COVID. And that's obviously, we haven't really got new sign-ups. All we've got is people repeat staying with us, which is great, because a lot of these venues are closed. Mm -hmm. The fact that this, you know, the staying with us is wonderful. Sue, is that your hand up? It is indeed. And then yes. Sasha after that. So, really, Sue, go really interested in this, um, and particularly your mention of libraries and how libraries are getting involved. I'm a retired health librarian, and we're looking at the moment with pieces of work to um, take the paradigm of libraries away from culture into well-being. And I guess your thing is sitting within that well-being stuff, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've had a lot of boroughs of councils throughout the UK join up all their libraries. Another thing to know is that tables do do quite well if people are doing something around the table. So some venues will do an arts and crafts or a book club. I know libraries have, have always veered towards that. And that does help because we all know that it is a fact if you're doing something, you do tend to find it easier to chat. It's a little bit more natural because it, all the concentration isn't on the conversation. So, Sasha, you had a question. Hi, hi Jenny. Um, I've actually spoken to you before because when I first heard about you, I don't think I realised you did uh, chatty cafes. I, um, I was so I was referring someone one to one to you. Oh, um, that's and at at the same time, I heard about Meetup Monday. So my first question, I've got three. Uh, is it like Meetup Mondays or how, how are you different to Meetup Mondays? To be honest, I don't know that much about Meetup Mondays. Um, are they not just in a certain area in the UK? Well, I think it's a bit like you. It's a concept which can be rolled out sort of anywhere. So I'm yeah. down in Devon. And, um, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, it's, it's just in an area in Devon, I think. No, uh, well, I think, think Meetup Mondays started up north oh right, right. The country. right. I, i'm yeah. in Devon, and um i started this um coffee group um with me and another lady and we wanted to find someone to take ownership of it and so meetup mondays was looking sort of good um the person that we the thing that was sort of against us at the time was that their policy looks at um the cafe owner sort of providing free beverages and because it sort of uh, you know, through the pandemic, those kind of organisations are struggling. We felt that was sort of awkward. But anyway, um, so that's I just wanted to want. I wanted to know if you were connected. So that's fine. The other thing is, you told me or your your colleague uh, is it Anne Anna Abby Abby yeah. um, was telling me that they you've got a couple face to face ones for obviously pre COVID in Marlborough and Solcombe here in Devon. So I wondered, but I couldn't find them, and I'm wondering if do you have a map of them? Is there any way of finding 
where the 20 yeah. are. Yes, if you if you go on the website and it will say find my table, you put in either your town or your postcode and it will bring up um, within a 25 mile radius all the venues signed up to the scheme near you. And you can make that radius smaller if you just want to look within five miles. We are actually just going live with a new website in, in a few weeks when we've transferred all the data over. Um, we've, we've not been happy with our website for a while and we want it to be extremely user-friendly for you know, um, a lady in her 80s. We also want it to be user-friendly for a venue that wants to join up and um, you know, for people who want to volunteer. And we've just spent about the last three months um, redesigning it all. So um, do feel free to, to look on now, but the new website will also pinpoint on a map everywhere that they are. And then you can just click on the map and it will bring up that venue's details. Okay, wonderful. And last question, because we're looking, so the group that we set up, it's currently online. We've got about 10 active members and 15 people that come up on a Monday and Thursday afternoon for, for coffees. Um, Going forward, we want to take it back offline. And if we wanted to sort of start up, I've got two venues in two areas in mind. Do you sort of provide support in terms of a roadmap, a sort of plan, how to get it off the ground in terms of what you've already um, done? Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to sign up an actual venue, is it yeah. you found a venue where you'd like it to be? Yeah. Yeah, that, that venue can join online. Um, that's £20 a year per venue. And then they get the pack with everything they need to get going. And we, you know, um, we would advertise that across our social media for you as well. Um, so, we, you know, we would be there to support you in doing that. OK, thank you very much. Thank you, Stasha. Um, Lara has been putting some interesting things in the chat about uh, happy happy to chat benches and also the German concept of a stamtisch. Dara, would you like to share some of that with, with us out loud, please? Sure, yeah, I'm just thinking about the fact that, you know, not depending on where you live, you might not have a, the luxury of a local cafe or a pub. Um, certainly here, they seem to they seem to close. The remaining ones are, are now seem to be going as well. So there's less and less places actually for people to meet. So another alternative, and I think there are quite a lot of examples of these across the UK, are happy to chat benches, which is, I think, a very similar concept. It's just it happens to be outdoors and, and on a wooden bench. And it's something that I think we might do in our neighbourhood and is probably quite, quite simple to do as well. So that was just a suggestion for people. Um, and then the Stammtisch, um, just, it's just a really nice concept. It's this idea of a regulars table in a, in a cafe or a bar, um, quite often centred around a, an interest or, a, or an activity. I know that Richard maybe given some examples of, you know, crafts or whatever, whatever the interest or activity was, but actually a community Stammtisch, I think would be a really nice thing. You know, a table at a regular time and place so you knew when to turn up would work quite well. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lara. Great to have you with us today. Uh, Richard, didn't you have, was there some, did you have a TEDx about happy to chat benches or something like that uh, in one of your recent events? Yes, yes. I mean, I, I posted a link to Alexandra's, Alex's, that's Jenna's sister's um, TEDx uh -huh. talk. And there was a, another project from someone called Alison Owen Jones in, in Cardiff. I'll post a link after I finish speaking so I can focus on what I'm saying, which is probably a good idea. And um, 
Alison had the idea of labelling up benches in her local town. She started, she saw one, it was very similar. She saw a guy on the bench looking lonely and her dog rushed up and was chatting to it. And, and the man looked as if it might be, he might want to chat, but she didn't think it was appropriate. And then she thought, wouldn't it be great if, and put a sign called the happy to chat. She called it a happy to chat bench and just put her own sign on it. And then someone tweeted it on their local social media and it got 300 retweets or likes or whatever you have on Twitter. So she went around the whole of Cardiff putting signs on the benches. And of course, because of COVID, it's, COVID, it's closed down. But I think that, you know, it's all part of the same, you know, just finding ways of making it easy to know that someone's happy to chat because, you know, a lot of someone might not feel like having a chat and so you can't so people feel that hesitancy and so just so removing that friction was a, is a very good idea and in fact um maya who's on the call somewhere i can't see you. maya you can wave um M maya's uh, check checking what the situation is in her town to see if, where the benches are and what the local authorities would say the local government would say about doing doing the benches but i have a kind of vision that you know, in a local area, which could be a village in the city, there'll be different things. And like having a happy to chat bench, having a chat a cafe, having a community notice board, there are a number of different things. And they also mutually reinforce each other, don't they? That you Because like some people might be library people, other people might be cafe people, other people might be more like sit in the park type people, if you know what I mean. Thank you, Richard. Uh, Nick, hello, Nick. Reverend Nick has just posted that in Pennycook we have, not in COVID times, an open house in the town hall with several tables that are for people practicing different languages. I want to have another table for a range of topics once we can meet again, including death cafe type topic every now and then. Very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So lots and lots of thank you, Nick. So lots of different ways of, uh, of offering this little framework for people to come together and so they can do it without about embarrassment and, and whatever. Paul, yes. Yeah, we were just talking about um, building community in a specific area, and Jenny was, was saying that we could set up a virtual chatty chat room for just our area, and she would come and give us some help with that, which mm. I thought was quite a, a good thing for community building, which I know that you're interested in, Mark, particularly. Um, and the other thing that came up in our group was we were chatting about volunteers, and there's a a need for uh, they've got a queue of a waiting list for, for people to chat. So if if you want if you want to volunteer or know somebody wants to volunteer, there's there's a need for more volunteers at the moment. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks yeah, for that. About eighteen people waiting for calls at the moment. It tends to fluctuate around the twenty mark, and um, they come in faster than I can cover volunteers for them. So if you yourself or anyone you know would like to make weekly calls, it's only thirty minutes a week we ask for. We're very grateful. <laughs> okay, is there a, a, a way, an email address or some way? Uh, yeah, can get it's on the website, but it's just Jenny at the Chatty Cafe Scheme .co.uk. Great, excellent. Well, folks, that's one for us, but also one to maybe share around if you know people who who enjoy that sort of thing and uh, would like. Uh, uh, so certainly, it's a great way of helping out, helping out that we can all tackle. I think so that's the good thing about it. It's mm. all it all feels very approachable. This, this kind of this kind of operation, I think. Uh, Richard. So I was going to share something that Jody, Jody was describing. He's uh, Italian, but based in Bolivia. And he was saying that there are sort of meetings like the language exchange meetings in his city. And also he's got a sort of conversation 
informal conversation club and we and this is really sharing an insight we're reflecting that in areas where there are a lot of tourists this might be quite a quite an attractive thing for a, a venue if you're looking for an argument why a cafe might be interested in this if you've got people in town like randy when he was in that other town in in the united states that for people who are passing through they can't know locals so it's particularly interesting for and it not it's not just for the local community it's for people who've you know just arrived or are passing through it could be quite nice and i suppose you've you in technology you call it different use cases you've got different potential beneficiaries of these things for different different times so paul again yes yeah um another thing we touched on was uh benches and i just wondered if anyone had experience of actually sticking a label on a bench um and what the bench owners which in edinburgh would be the council think of that hmm. I, I i can share i i know alison who did this project in cardiff and it was quite funny that after she did her benches, someone from the local council was removing them, and her son is a county is on the is a politician in the local in the city town council or the city council. I'm not sure what level of government it was, but he made a speech in the local town council about how outrageous it was that her his mother's signs were being removed, and basically she had the attitude, put them up, and what's the worst that can happen is someone will take them down. Um, which I think in normal times would be fine, possibly a bit risky in the COVID time. But we're also talking to a street furniture manufacturer about whether they might make a special special bench that has a special place for the sign. And if you look at her TEDx talk, which I posted a link, a link to, there are photographs and sometimes there are very nice sort of permanent signs and other times they're temporary. So I think, you know, all other things being equal, if you talk to the bench owner, but if you just want to get it going, you can just sort of do it as a temporary thing and see what happens. And in Ireland, there's this project called the Buddy Bench Scheme, which is for lonely school kids, which is much more complicated because you have to, where there's a special bench for school children, but you have to have, you know, everyone has to be on board, like the teachers and the parents and the kids and the local education authority. And, you know, there's also, you need to do it really carefully with a timetable so that if the you don't get a kid who sits on the bench being stigmatized and teased or bullied for being lonely. So, you know, yeah, I say yeah. I wouldn't start with the school, but there is an well, Irish scheme. Lara, you you posted some interesting stuff about transition streets and uh, working together with neighbours, which you I yeah, could read out your thing, but I'd much rather hear it from you. I suppose it's a little bit of a, a tangent um, away from the chatty cafe, because I think probably the, the thing about the chatty cafe is the informality, isn't it? And the no agenda, which is what makes that attractive. Um, having said that, I think some some people like to have a focus to their activity or their meeting uh, and maybe wouldn't want to identify themselves as someone who's lonely either. So this is a really nice excuse to, to come together and get to know your neighbours to make some positive changes in your own life and also to support other people to make those those changes too and we started this I think in um, September last year August or September last year meeting every two weeks online and I think the the we worked our way through the workbook which was only meant to last for seven sessions but we all enjoyed it so much and got so much out of it and obviously in really appreciated getting to know our neighbours as well, especially when we couldn't go out and about and meet people as normal. Um, so we've continued and we we actually, our neighbours take it in turns to host the meeting. They're very informal, but we, we pick a theme each time 
um, with a kind of environmental slant. So in the run up to Christmas, we did one on um, lower impact Christmas, Christmas and reducing your carbon footprint and so on. Um, our next one next week is going to be on sanitary protection and nappies and what we can do um, in that respect. So each, each time we meet, there is a, a theme and a focus, but it's a really great way for um, just involving people and giving people a bit of ownership and feeling like they're making a difference, whether it's just changing their energy supplier or finding out about something that they didn't know about. And in February, on the back of that, we're going to have a, we're calling it Fix It February, um, and we're going to take that campaign online as well. We're going to have a tool trail for children to wander around the neighbourhood and find out about fixing things. Uh, and we're also going to share um, examples of things that we fixed or ask for help with fixing things as well, whether that's expertise or, or tools to, to do the task or whatever it is. Um, so I think there's been some really nice spin-offs out of that. But the Transition Streets website has got lots of really useful resources if anyone's particularly interested in that.